Folks, the big game might be all said and done. Football might be over, but Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all of your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. Basketball, I mean, hey, hockey too, okay? Let's not forget about hockey. It's the reason we're all here listening to podcasts, baby. Bet Online has up to the minute odds, stats, and trends you can follow with your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in game live betting contests and all of the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile device. Head to Bet Online today and become part of the team. And remember to use promo code BLEAV, BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, the game starts here. You know, there was something huge that happened on Sunday, just monumental. And we're all on the same page when I talk about this. It is, of course, Creed being played for a national audience once again. Yes, they are back, Steve. And I think the entire country is happy about it. They're back and not in POG form in Paramount Plus commercial form. That was so weird Like, because I've been seeing the Paramount Plus commercial for a couple weeks now with like Patrick Stewart wearing old-timey football gear and like, hey Arnold and some other people, but like they did an expanded version of it, which involved Patrick Stewart throwing Hey Arnold like the football head he is, which was a little distressing, to be honest. A little distressing. Yeah, that was weird. It was very weird. And then and then Creed started playing higher as they were throwing poor Hey Arnold into the sky. And I, I just was like, this is something that has to be talked about on the podcast. And it's, it's just strange how, you know, we are in a little bit, I mean, it always hits the nostalgia cycle, right? Like every 20 years. And we are in that nostalgia cycle for the early two thousands right now. Baggy pants are back. People are starting to rediscover new metal and such. So it's a, it's an interesting time to be an old guy for, for me right here. But <laughs> You know, I just got out of the baggy pants. I can't go back to it, guys. I just can't do it. But uh, regardless, Creed was the the rally band for the Texas Rangers this past offseason for baseball. And they're being used in a, a commercial during the big game. So <laughs> here we are. This is the world we're in. It was great. What was your favorite Super Bowl commercial? Was that it? Or was there another one? God, I don't even know, man. Like, I number one, I already have, like a problem with celebrating commercials. Um, yeah. I would say it was the, the Deadpool Wolverine trailer, except they didn't give us the full trailer. They gave us a teaser and then I had to yeah. go online to watch the full trailer. And I'm like, what the fuck? Which is stupid. I did. Don't get me wrong, but like, I, I want to see a damn trailer. Give me a damn trailer. And a couple movies did that. And I, I just was, this is not, not pleasing to me, but, uh, yeah, commercials weren't really my highlight. Uh, the game was awful until the fourth quarter. The, the, well, I thought the second half in general was much better. The, the second half was much was better, but the fourth quarter yeah. and overtime were great. I mean, what a beautiful, beautiful night that was. The 49ers, <laughs> the 49ers losing was 
almost as good as the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. Like, and especially them losing in that heartbreaking fashion. Oh man. Debo like, Samuel. Debo Samuel got dragged after the game by Fletcher Cox on Instagram. It was outstanding. Like, I just I I don't know if I've ever like well, I shouldn't say this. I was gonna say I don't know if I've ever hated a team as much as this year's 49ers team. I, I hate the Dallas Cowboys with a burning passion every year, so I guess oh, I, that... I hate a lot of teams, but it doesn't take much for me to hate. The thing about Philadelphians is uh, we're pa- as passionate about the guys we love as we are about the guys we hate. You know, it, yeah. it goes both ways. Like, we love Brian Dawkins as much as we hate... We love hating anybody. And the 49ers have given us... Nothing but reasons to hate them over the past year or so. Uh, most of the Chiefs team, uh, there are a couple I'm cool notable with the Chiefs. It, well, there were a couple notable exceptions last year. Um, frankly, Juju, Juju Smith Schuster uh, immediately made the shit list for just being a shithead. Got dunked on by every eagle immediately. It was very funny. And then, you know, there was like. The minute where I rolled my eyes, I mean, you roll your eyes to Travis Kelsey a lot, but when he was like saying like, everybody counted us out, I was like, no, they didn't, Travis, you're full of shit. Yeah, but, but he's I, a like, big I old ham. Dislike, yeah, I like, I don't dislike Travis Kelsey. I don't think he's like Travis Kelsey's a bad guy. Probably the best tight end of all time, you know, and Rob Gronk, I still think Gronk is number one. I think Travis Kelsey might actually be better because he's more durable and he's more athletic, but that's a good debate. It's a good debate right there, and I guess we'll see where the records ultimately stand. But uh, regardless, does Travis Kelsey even block? I don't know. I I don't really know. Gronk, Gronk blocked. Sure. Um, I don't. <laughs> you don't. I, you don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't really give a shit at all. Gronk, big dum dum. Travis Kelsey, big dum dum. But you know, no. hey, whatever. Uh, Travis Kelsey's brother, however, it makes up for all of those faults because Jason Kelsey is a beloved all-time Philadelphia athlete. We've mentioned him a few times on this podcast at this point. And oh, yeah. I was excited to see what Jason Kelsey did at the Super Bowl. And he didn't quite get shirtless and rampage through the stadium like a madman, but he did wear bib overalls. And uh, after the game, during uh, party time, put on a luchador mask. So I don't think he disappointed. I think it's crazy that Jason Kelsey has been Rey Mysterio this entire time. That's wild to me. It makes perfect um, sense to me. Yeah. J- yeah. Jason Kelsey was saving the craziness for the after party. And all the footage of the after party was exactly what you would expect. Like Jason Kelsey is just, he's the party animal of the country. Like there's no one I would rather party with in the United States of America more so than Jason Kelsey. I would give up my savings, maybe my mortgage to go party with Jason Kelsey because it just looks like so much fun. And I also have to give some props to his wife, Kylie, because while Jason was willing to throw on some chief stuff for the occasion, Kylie said, hell no. And she wore red, but she just wore a Cincinnati shirt because that's where Jason and Travis went to college. She did not wear chief stuff. No chance in hell. She is betraying the birds. Kylie Kelsey is a real one. Unlike Taylor Swift's dad, punk, get your shit figured out. Mr. Swift, whatever his name, what's his Ed Swift? I don't know, but um, <laughs> Ed Swift, yeah. Ed, or is it Ed Kelsey? I have no clue. Um, I don't, but like Taylor Swift's dad, he is a 
Eagle. He's supposed to be an Eagles fan through and through, and now he's where. Listen, I get it. This guy could be your future son-in-law. I understand. You're an Eagles fan. You don't do that. Like you go to the games. Go to the games. Support Wear him. A cheer black when the, shirt. Wear a red shirt. I don't care. Yeah, Just cheer don't. when his team scores. Don't you dare wear Chiefs stuff. And he's been doing it. And it's just like your Eagles card is revoked. He does not get an Eagles card anymore. He's not allowed yeah. in the stadium as an Eagles fan. It's just that's I don't make the rules. That's just what the rules are. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. Kylie Kelsey, uh, though. Uh, real one. Taylor Swift. Taylor, uh, Kylie, Kylie Kelsey. Awesome. Uh, also, hell yeah, Taylor Swift. <laughs> she won the Super Bowl. She won single-handedly won the Super Bowl. She no one else. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't Kyle Shanahan continuing to be uh the worst fourth quarter coach in the league. Not knowing the overtime rules. Man, that was some McNabb. It's funny because we were just defending McNabb last year, but Kurt yeah. brought up in the slack the time McNabb didn't know the overtime rules, and that's an indefensible uh thing on McNabb's part right there. That was so dumb. One of the all-time like Bad quotes in sports history right there is not knowing the overtime rules. I will say there shouldn't be ties in the NFL, but you should know that there are ties in the NFL, basically. For sure. And and as far as I'm concerned, that's bad coaching when your guys don't know the damn rules, you know, like you have to make sure, especially going into the damn championship, what the rules are. Now, what have the 49ers been crying about? I know some players were saying they were complaining about the fire alarm going off in their hotel. They're like, this is going to ruin our week. Oh, that, that is a time honored tradition at this point, you know? I don't know what. Yeah, I don't understand. I, I've seen I've heard of fire alarms going off in teams hotels like the night before. And frankly, the fun thing was about the site of the Super Bowl this year was that Raiders fans hated both teams because yes, they did when they were in Oakland, they had a regional rivalry with San Francisco and the Kansas city chiefs are division rivals with the, uh, the Raiders. So, uh, they made poop emoji cupcakes for both teams at one of the bakeries in the stadium. Yeah, no, it's, it's very, very funny. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm kind of surprised there weren't more like pregame shenanigans, like, you know, fire alarms going off, stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure a lot of stuff was kept under wraps. I'm sure a lot of money was thrown at a lot of people to stay quiet. Probably. I wouldn't be surprised. Probably lots of security, probably lots of eyes on the team and the people staying there. So. It's often, ha- it's often said that whatever happens in Vegas uh, may stay within the city limits. That is what they say, Steve. That it is, has, it, it just has rolls off said. the tongue when you say it that way. Yeah. but yeah the super bowl it's done football done for the year and guess what we can focus in on your philadelphia hockey flyers at last we you know pitchers and catchers reporting that's all well and good right baseball's not going to start for another month and a half all right let's focus in on the philadelphia flyers and that's a team that is begging not not begging demanding your attention coming out of the all-star break. And I do not want to jinx them. I feel like every time we've talked about a winning streak for this team, they go and go on a losing streak immediately. So please guys don't do it this time. I think it speaks more to the streaky nature of this team, but whatever they've won four in a row coming out of the all-star break. And they've, they've beaten some quality opponents here. A two, one win over the Panthers four, one win over the jets 
3-2 win over the Kraken and a 5-3 win over the Coyotes. Uh, that is a really, really nice winning streak and a great way to come out of the break. That's how you respawn. That's how you respond after losing five straight, to, like right before the All Star break. So now you come out, you you win four straight, two of them over two of the better teams in the NHL. I mean, beating the Panthers and then the Jets back to back, and then beating the Kraken and Coyotes. Coyotes, that was, <laughs> excuse me, my God, um, that was a bit of a closer game than I think people would have imagined. Um, the Coyotes play tough. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they pulled out the win. That was a tough win. That was not – like, they had to – they didn't own a lead in the game until the third period, and they had to tie the game three separate times. So, like, um, yeah, that that was a tough game. Easily chalk up to say just not our night. The Coyotes really brought it. The Coyotes wanted it more, you know. You could pack it in really easily in that kind of game, and they didn't. They did not pack it in. They, and that's the team for most of the season. You know, there's very few nights where they haven't brought it all night and they brought it all night. And it really is crazy just how different this team is compared to the pre Tortorella teams. They bought in Tortorella talked about implementing a system. And I think a lot of us took that with a grain of salt, really didn't take him seriously, especially given how the Flyers have just kind of discarded systems in the past. I'm looking at you, Elaine Vigneault. And, Mm. you know, they bought in. These guys really are on board with what John Tortorella is selling. And the results, you know, you see the results right there in the standings. I know the rest of the league doesn't believe in this team. And I still have some issues believing in this team. But this team is still in there. They're still in third place in the Metro. They're right there with the Hurricanes. You know, they're right there with the Rangers. Like, they are hanging tough. And they finally get some time off in the second half of the season. So, hopefully, that can really propel them to getting into that playoff spot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, let's talk about some of these wins over here. I think we... I'm trying to recall. Did we talk about the Panthers win on the last podcast? Was that... I I honestly don't remember. But we'll talk about it anyway. Let's talk about it anyway. Yeah, so that game was interesting because, like, they the Flyers came out looking absolutely horrible. Like, that first period was just abysmal. They got absolutely destroyed in just about every facet. And then the next two periods, I don't know what John Tortorella said after the first intermission. Whatever it was, it worked. Flyers come out second, third period, and they were just incredible. They they looked like the, the pre-five-game losing streak Flyers. Um, they looked great. They looked like the better team. Against the Panthers, which is really impressive. So um, goals from Travis Konechny and Noah Cates. Uh, Noah Cates with the game winner. So um, Travis Konechny, uh, I mean, he was just he, – he was – he's been excellent. He's, he's been outstanding. And part of what makes me want to touch on him is just the fact that <laughs> the very next game against the Winnipeg, Winnipeg Jets, he got a Gordie Howe Hattie, Steve. In like four minutes of ice time. Dude, he came out on fire. And I don't know if it's the fact that they're talking about contract extension. And he's like, let's go. Let's sign that extension. Yeah, I don't know what it is. TK is buying at the club if this goes through. You know, like whatever it is, TK's been a man on fire. And he's got seven points in these four games. Three goals, four assists. And that puts him 49 points in 54 games played this season. 
you know, he's just crushing it these past few games. He's been great all season, but these last four games, oh man, he has been the best player on the ice in every game. He's had some dips here and there this season, but like right now he's playing very, very well. Um, Like he's, I mean, we saw him score against the Coyotes as well. And so like, he's just, the points are coming. He's oozing with confidence right now. It looks like he's getting involved physically against the Coyotes. He like destroyed someone against the end boards, like uh, later in the game, like the entire arena went crazy because he just decked a guy. This is Travis Konechny. He's five foot one. Like that's crazy. So, um, he's just like, a he's, little guy. He, he's just a silly little guy, Steve. So Probably like, he's been, he's, <laughs> he's been great. He's been very, very good the last few games. And that Jets game was just like peak Travis Konechny, like jerk store is bestseller. Just given attitude, scoring goals, racking up assists. Like that was Travis Konechny personified that game. So that was, that was a lot of fun to watch. That game was the Jets game was, Interesting, because it was, like, the exact opposite of the Panthers game. So, like, the Panthers game, the Flyers come out, they're totally flat in the first period. Jets game, Flyers come out, they're on fire, and they score four goals in the first period. And then they suck the next two periods, so much so that John Tortorella, like, didn't even... Like, he was... I, I've i never seen a coach that mad after a win. A 4-1 four four to to win. A 4-1 to one win. He came into the press conference, and he was just, like... He wanted nothing to do with anybody, and he, he, yeah, it was it was crazy. So, um, I love that he, by the way, continues to specifically have one person that he wants nothing to do with, and continues to stand by that. It's a, my favorite running gag at this point. He's, uh, yeah, that that whole thing is still going on. I guess he does not forget. He is like an elephant. He doesn't forget, and he is as stubborn as it gets. So, hey, you know what? Torts go to torts and I'm here to watch it. I got my popcorn ready and I'm watching from afar, but yeah, he was as furious as it gets in that, that jets game for a four to one win. And you know, it was a real, I think it was the mighty ducks three where they get that giant lead and then they just sit on the lead and then the girlie gets uh, shelled for the rest of the game. Cause they stop playing defense. So <laughs> right, yeah, it's not the good mighty ducks, but you know, it's there and it's got an example for a hockey situation that I can bring up, but Regardless, I mean, it's a nice win over a good team that's struggled lately, but you still don't want to see them let their foot off the gas pedal like that. Like, you want to see the team, frankly, put up double digits if they can. Just keep pouring yeah. it on and don't let the other team get a chance to get back into it. And and frankly, if Sam Erson hadn't been as good as he was in that game, they right, might have yeah. gotten back into it. Arison was great both of those games. The Panthers game and the Jets game, he was outstanding both times. He was and fantastic in both of those games. Two goals allowed between the two games. And the Coyotes game, I don't think he was necessarily bad. I just think the defense was not really that great that night. Yeah, it wasn't his strongest game, but like you said, like the team in front of him was kind of they were allowing lots of danger, like high danger chances and like a couple of the goals he I mean, what he, it's a breakaway goal, one of them. Another one was like a weird bounce from behind the net. Like, you could argue, like, oh, you got to cover the post. But, like, I that's guess that one I would, I would blame on him. But, you know, yeah, like, um, but like, yeah, I mean, it wasn't his best game, but like, it's not like he was bad. And then at the end of the Coyotes game, he made some insane saves to keep. Oh, the he was unbelievable in that last minute. He a brick yeah. wall. That last period, he was outstanding. I mean, yeah. he was incredible. So, 
Um, Arison looking great. And Steve, how's about the one, the only Cal Peterson, baby? I don't think he's been called one and only for at least two to three years. But hey, man, the one and only California Peterson getting a win against the Seattle Kraken. Listen, Californication Peterson over here, whatever he did, he ate his Wheaties that day and it worked because that's what you want from your backup. You want him to spell every three or four games, right? Come in, have a solid effort. Two goals allowed in 19 shots. And, you know, I, I know the Kraken aren't what they were last year, but they're still a pretty good team. So, and they're not a team you could sleep on. So that's a nice win to get, you know, you, you want to win at home as much as possible, especially when you're playing a team that's very beatable. So that's a great job. That's exactly what you want from the backup. And if, if Cal Peterson can give that to the Flyers every few games for the rest of the season, that's going to be key to this team making the playoffs. Calgary, Alberta, Peterson. Just a great, great showing from, I shouldn't say great. It's not like he was incredible, but. Caldor Peterson did what he had to do. (laughs) Calculus Peterson did great. Um, You know, that's the kind of win he needs. You know what I mean? Like go in against a bad team, a Dave Haxtall coach team, and just get a win. Get a win, raise your confidence a little bit, and then go from there. Because. I wonder how I wonder when the last time was that he had like a lot of confidence as an NHL goalie. You know what I mean? Like it feels like he hasn't played confidently in years because I mean we've seen his play dip so dramatically and uh when that happens and you get relegated to the NH or the AHL and even there you're not even the the number one goalie. It's just like it's got to be tough to deal with and tough to kind of like stomach. Um one so it's good say- to see him that it's been a while. It has been a while. Been a um, while. But like, it's great to see him get that win. I think he needed that mentally. I think that's a really good um, kind of, I don't know. It's it's a good first step to him, like, you know, getting more opportunities as the Flyers, I guess, full-time backup now. So they, um, they need yeah. him. He's, I, listen, Hart. As far as we know, he is not coming back anytime soon, and I don't think he no, should. Yeah. But he, he won't. The, the plan is Sam Harrison and Cal Peterson, unless something drastic happens at the trade deadline. And by drastic, I mean they would probably bring in another backup at most. But Cal Peterson might make that a completely unnecessary move if he's solid. He just needs to be solid. He doesn't need to be spectacular. Mm. He doesn't need to be a starter. And this is one area where I mentioned last week that Tortorella and his coaching staff could, you know, maybe they could revitalize him a little bit. Maybe they could bring him back because part of the success has been the defensive system in front of him. And also just, you know, it takes just a little bit of confidence to get back into a groove and maybe working with the current coaching staff could do Cal Peterson some wonders. So uh, this is great. This is exactly what I wanted from him. And the Flyers have a lot of breaks. They have a lot more time off in the second half of the season, as I mentioned before. So, this really, you know, he shouldn't have to start that much, but when he does get the chance, I mean, you want him to put his best foot forward and, and be solid. So if he can do more like this, then that's amazing. That's exactly what you need. Steve, before we move on, I do want to point out one other player. Ryan Paling scoring a shorthanded goal in back-to-back games. 
Ryan Paling kind of rocks. I kind of really, really like Ryan Paling. Like I got to not... give it to the pale horse over there because I <laughs> thought, you know, I had a real like who gives a shit reaction when he was signed in the offseason. Like I did not care. But man, he has been really good in that bottom six role and exactly the kind of guy you want down there. You know, he does it all. He's really been good defensively. His speed is everything you said it would be. Like he's he's a great bottom six player, and I, I'm really happy that Danny Breer had the foresight to bring him on, and you know lock him up to a little bit of a deal. You know, like it's not the biggest deal; it's a couple years, but that's exactly the kind of guy you want down there, uh, basically holding down the fort. I'm using that phrase a lot right now, but you know it, it applies all around. Yeah, I mean Ryan Paling's been he's never going to be some sort of like top six menace like. But you know what? He's he plays his role very, very, very well. Like he's a really, really good fourth line center, an excellent fourth line center. Um, he kills penalties. He's dangerous on the penalty kill. Like he, his speed is just it's it makes a difference. It truly changes games how fast he is. And his puck skills could use a little could use a little work. He's uh, I feel like as soon as he gets contested, he 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 loses the puck a lot, but. Um, for the most I feel part, like that's why he's in the bottom six, you, you know, like <laughs> exactly. He, yeah. He's a guy that if he had that puck handling dimension probably would be, be a, a higher player because he's got, he's got really good hockey sense. He's got good, as we mentioned, the speed, you know, he's got a great work ethic. Like he's a guy who is hustling out there and he's really good for what he is, but you know, he's missing the dimensions to, to make him a better player, you know, like but you know what? At the same time, like he is what he is and he knows that. And you got to admire when a coaching staff and a player both realize the, the limitations at hand and the role and embrace that accordingly. And I, I feel like that's why the current system is working so well, because there's guys that fit into it and know what their role is. Because if you look at the guys they got rid of, you look at Provorov, Provorov was not willing to accept a lesser role than what he had had in the past. You know, he wanted to be the number one guy and he wanted to be the power play guy at all times. Kevin Hayes, I don't know what Kevin Hayes wanted, but he didn't want what John Tortorella wanted from him. And Tony D'Angelo was, I guess he thought he was a real boy who could play defense and he was not. He He can't play. He's a defenseman who can't play defense to save his life. Yeah, I mean, it's just some of these players who come in and they play a role and, you know, they're supposed to fill this role perfectly. Like it's sometimes it doesn't work out. Ryan Paling, it's working out excellently. And um, it's just it's awesome to see it kind of, you know, when you make a signing like that, like a low key signing that no one really cares about. And then they turn out to be like a significant part of the team. That's excellent work. And that's really that's a good sign for Danny Briere. It definitely is. I, I'm very encouraged by what we've seen from Briere early on. And, you know, like we, we mentioned Belmar a few weeks ago, Pierre, Pierre Edouard Belmar. And Belmar and Michael Raffel are guys that on the Flyers in the past were, were actually pretty good bottom six guys. But coach usage really did make fans kind of despise these guys, even though they were, they were useful players. And, you know, we've seen it with Belmar where Belmar's actually become a very useful player on some very good teams, uh, Colorado, Tampa Bay, 
you know, he has become like a very, very useful player in the bottom six. And, you know, it seems like that's what the Flyers are doing with Paling here. Uh, They've found a guy that fits in the bottom six. The coach understands where he goes. And, you know, it's funny because Tortorella is willing to use guys properly in a lot of these areas. Um, If you look at like Nick Sealer, Nick Sealer understands where his role is. He's the seventh guy, you know, a bottom of the lineup guy, but also like Ristolainen. Ristolainen is a guy, like if you look at Andrew McDonald a few years back, Andrew McDonald, because of his contract would end up in the lineup a lot more and would be used in a lot of situations because of how the coach perceived him, which was not correctly. Um, Mm. Ristolainen makes a lot of money. You know, he makes over five mil a season and some coaching staff, some management, would, you know, really insist on him playing higher up and say, we're paying this guy, you have to play him in a position like that. And I don't think Tortorella's played him on the top pairing, right? Like, he's he is a, a second pairing or a third pairing guy every night because Tortorella realizes his limitations and what kind of hockey player he actually is. Exactly, no. And, like, it, that's what it all comes down to is just, like, being the right fit for the role that you're playing. And like, that seems to be what the flyers have right now is like very defined roles. Like um, you got Ryan Paling. He's like the quintessential, like the perfect bottom, like fourth line center. And then you got Ristolainen, who's like kind of that flex, like third pair guy. And then um, Nick Sealer, I think he's, I mean, yeah, maybe ideally he'd be a third pair guy, but like, he's doing pretty good on the second pair. So like, um, it just feels like the the Flyers have really good de- like defined roles right now, and that's something where like last year and the year before, it just felt like they were just constantly throwing shit at the wall trying to figure out what would stick. And you'll be shocked to learn that it didn't end up very well. So yeah, right. Um, yeah, they they're they're doing. Uh, I think they're going about the whole role playing the right way. Ooh, role-playing, how uh, romantic Ooh. just before, I, I guess this is coming out on Valentine's Day, so, you know, let's, let's talk about some Valentine's role-playing, Happy Valentine's Day, guys. Steve. Hey, let's talk about some role-playing. Where do you want Noah Cates in the lineup? But <laughs> it does help when you also have guys that are, are flexible in multiple roles. Like, it's not great that this team doesn't really have, like, a straightforward, good second line, right? But it is nice that they have a lot of guys that can play the second, third, fourth lines uh, efficiently, or second and third probably is the better uh, way to put that there. You know, you have, uh, because like, you know, some nights Frost is on. Uh, Frost was great in that Coyotes game, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, dude. He was unbelievable in that game. I wish he could play like that more often because like, if he played like that more often, I would not want to trade him for anything. He has been very, very, very good since that meeting. With John Tortorella, he's been very, very good. And especially over the last couple of games, it just looks like he has been particularly on. And against the Coyotes, he was he was one of the best players on the ice. I mean, he was making plays left and right, especially in like the second, third period. He was dynamic. He was a game-changing player. And I know he only finished with one goal. And it was that penalty shot. Great goal. Or, uh, oh, what great a goal. Shot. Yeah. Nice fake. Really nice fake on yeah. that, on that approach. But like he has just like against the Arizona, particularly, he was just constantly wreaking havoc for Arizona. And, and it's just like, 
I don't know, man. Maybe he's maybe he's approaching the player that we all thought he was going to be, and maybe this is what he is for the long run. Like, if he is, that's very very exciting because right now he's great. He's like a he's playing great great hockey right now. He's playing and, like uh, a good. I, did, I didn't center, think he was. And- yeah, I didn't think he was able to do it. I really didn't. I like I was not sold on Morgan Frost at the beginning of the season or even last season. I had a lot of questions and I wasn't sold on him. And right now he's doing a real good job of selling me. I would say that's probably the weakest thing on this current team is second line center. And if he can fulfill that role, if he can play like this more consistently and and be that guy, then this team's a damn good hockey team because that's really, I, I would say that's their weakest offensive point because they have guys that are really good on the third line. I think Noah Cates is, uh, you know, I'm really glad Cates is back and he's starting yeah. to play more like himself because Noah Cates is a really strong player to have for your third line setter. And Paling, as we've discussed, is really, really good on the fourth line. So, and you've got guys like, you know, it was really nice to see what we saw out of Scott Lawton last night because Lawton's had a rough season and we were talking about him as a trade candidate last week. We will continue to talk about him as a trade candidate, but last night was one of his best games of the entire season. Yeah. I mean, Scott Lawton needed this and against Seattle. He was great too. Like that start he had against Seattle was like vintage Scott Lawton and yeah. Then he comes out, scores the game-winning goal against the Coyotes, and it was, I mean, what an awesome play. What a the weird pass uh, he had to Travis Konechny. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. Oh, It was great. So good. But also, like, the pass he got from Travis Sanheim, that was pretty nice. But oh, oh, then, my God. Travis Sanheim threw traffic with an unbelievable yeah. pass. I, I love seeing that. And, you know, the, these are all the guys, man. These are the guys you need right now. Scott Lawton's great because if Scott Lawton, if they hold on to him and he plays like this, he is somebody who really can play anywhere in the lineup. You know, anywhere you need him to. If he can play effectively, that's a great guy to have in your lineup. How weird was that uh, penalty on that goal? He, he gets the double minor for high sticking, but he scored. So then it was reduced to just a, a two-minute my just one minor. That was wild. I I, I was very. It doesn't happen very often. by that. No, no, it doesn't. But yeah, interesting. Really good night for Scott Lawton, and uh, you know what? He's getting hot at a great time because no matter what happens at the trade deadline, whether the Flyers move him or keep him, it seems like it will benefit the Flyers. So that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Now thinking about the trade deadline, uh, it starts to you know inch closer. You know, at this point, we're under a month, so it's getting closer. The decisions continue to be tough. One of the things that we talked about on last week's show, we didn't talk about this extensively because it had just happened, but Mikhail Sergachev had been injured for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the outcome on that was not great for the Lightning. He's out, was it indefinitely or something like that, right? I believe he's out for the year out for the year. So that's a big piece for the lightning and that's a competitive team. That's a team that you have Nikita Kucherov, you have Vasilevsky, like you're a competitive team. You're a team that has a chance to win the cup because you have those pieces. Victor Hedman, you know, those are all just like a plus pieces right there. So that's a team that expects to be in competition come playoff time. And Sean Walker had been previously rumored to go to the lightning and Guess what? I can only imagine that is going to intensify with the Sergachev news because Sean Walker, 
is almost like too perfect for them to go and try and acquire for this playoff run. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like the Flyers. There's no way they keep Sean Walker. I mean, as as I'm not going to say no been, way, but I, I do feel gr- like as, I do feel like Danny Briere has been trying to do some some misdirection in the media with with Sean Walker lately, going like, "Well, we might sign him to a contract." You know, I I almost feel like that's right, a little yeah. bit of like a yeah, you know, you're going to have to pay us a lot to get rid of him. We really like him. He has been. Very, very good for the Flyers. Like, he's been one of their better defensemen. What a pleasant surprise. I don't think anyone really saw this coming from him. Um, but he's been great. And listen, the fly, like, so far, Danny Briere, John Tortorella, Keith Jones, they've all said the right thing. Like, we're not losing sight of the long-term focus here. Like, we're sticking to the rebuild. We are very much still in a rebuild, even though we're in the running for a playoff spot, which is still crazy to me. Um, but they're not losing focus of what they need to do. And listen, Sean Walker's an older defenseman and like, he doesn't have that much longer of being good. I mean, that's not to say he can't be, but like, it's not, it's certainly not a guarantee. And so their best, it should be in their best interest interest to move him now while they can. And while his value is so, so high, and get back some draft capital or a good prospect or, or a good NHL player right now. Like this is the time to move him. And I know that that's like, it's weird saying that be, just because the flyers are in the running for a playoff spot. But like, just like Keith Jones, Danny Briere and Torts have all said, like the rebuild is, is the main thing. So like stick to that and just, Work with what you got because they're playing with house money right now. So just work with what you have and try and make the most out of your assets that you have at the moment. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. It, it, I, I will say it's tough. I don't envy Danny Briere when it comes to the decision making this trade deadline because this is a lot easier if this team sucks. And I think yeah. everybody expected the team to suck. We all know that. But I, I think a lot of people haven't put that out of their heads, you know, like I, I read certain things like certain rankings, certain things about the Flyers playoff odds. And it just seems like everybody outside of Philadelphia is convinced that this team is what they all thought it was before the season. And they don't see what we see on an everyday night, you know, like every night we see a team that is bought into the system, a team that wants to win that plays well together, this real brotherhood of players right here. And I don't, you know, I think this team is legit, but they don't suck, which is almost a problem for Danny Breer, uh, especially when it comes to making these moves. And uh, we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but it's got to be tempting to not necessarily buy in, but keep what you have and make a run out of it. But Sean Walker is a guy that just seems like too obvious to trade, especially when you have teams that really do want him. He is a guy who would be a great fit on a team going on a playoff run. And Tampa Bay at this point seems like the perfect trade partner. So if you can make something work with Tampa, I say you go out and do it, especially if they're willing to pay the price that you set forth. Who's to say it won't be Risto, you know? Dude, I mean, they talked about that. They talked about that on 32 Thoughts the other day, and, I mean, it sounds like 
the Flyers are definitely open for business, but the contract is such a a big question mark with that because it is an expensive contract, especially if Risto's not a top guy or a second pairing guy for you. You know, Risto's paid like a top four defenseman and right. he plays in the bottom four here, not to say there are eight defensemen. We all, <laughs> something like that, but you know what I mean? They're, he does. He doesn't play on the top pairing, and nor should he, because he's just not that kind of player. But it didn't. It, it definitely, you know, when Elliot Friedman was talking about it the other day, he definitely made it sound like the Flyers are open for business on the Ristolainen front. And we all know Jonesy is he adores Ristolainen, but ultimately Danny Breer is making the hockey operations moves here, and. Ristolainen was very much Chuck Fletcher's guy. And listen, if you can work a financial deal out, and the thing is, the Flyers have all the leverage. The Flyers do not have to trade Ristolainen, especially because they don't need the cap space in the next year or two. You know, at least not in the next year. Maybe two years they might need something like that, but definitely not within the next year. They don't need the cap space. So they can, you know, they don't have to trade this guy. But if a team wants to work with them and give up a lot, and the Flyers, you know, take back a little bit of cap space, so be it. Right. Well, it, it's an interesting dilemma that Danny Briere has um, because, like, it, it, yes, they could absolutely trade Ristolainen and, um, or they could keep him, they could trade Walker. The interesting thing that Danny Briere has to deal with is that no matter what he does, people are going to be angry. Like, if, they, if he trades Sean Walker, people are going to be like, why the hell did you do that? We're trying to make the playoffs. And then if he doesn't trade him, there gonna be there's gonna be another section of the fan base being like, "Why the hell did you do that? We're rebuilding!" Like it's a weird thing going on right now, and it's the same thing with like Ristolainen. Like some people think that Ristolainen might be useful for a playoff run. Some people want to see playoff Risto. Right? Oh, playoff! G- and, give me playoff Risto. Let's do it. And and if they traded a potential opportunity to see playoff Risto, I mean, my goodness, I mean, that's just. <laughs> That's just canning the season. So I mean, um, I at this point want to see that great mystery of playoff Risto because, like, I've watch him actually be like the next pronger in the playoffs. No, no, not a that'd chance. be so funny. It'd be I so would, funny. I'll, it would be funny. I would buy. I'm not saying Risto. it's going to happen. It's not going to happen. But I know like, you're just I'd imagine buy. that. Yeah, I'm trying to. It's very hard to imagine that. But I, I'll tell you what. I'd be the first one buying a Risto jersey if that was the case. I, I'll put this out here now. In the very Ophilpulo realm right here. But if Rasmus Ristolainen doesn't get traded, the Flyers make the playoffs, and Risto is a friggin' monster in the playoffs, I'll buy that old Ristolainen jersey. Let's do it. I'm totally in on it. You have my word as a podcaster with not... I'm not going to say a ton of money, because I don't have a ton of money. Uh, But I'm an adult who makes money. I can can buy a Risto... an ill-advised Risto jersey for a podcast bet purpose. So... Yeah, I'll lay that out right here. If the Flyers if the Flyers make the playoffs, I'm not buying it for another team, all right? If he goes to the fucking Tampa Bay Lightning and he's a monster over there, I'm not buying a Lightning Ristolainen jersey. No, 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 no. That shit ain't happening. But if he's a Flyer and playoff Risto is a monster, and I'm talking like he's in guys' heads, they're having nightmares about him, he's stealing pucks, then yeah, I will buy that old Ristolainen jersey gladly. Speaking of buying jerseys, Steve, 
Oh, wow. Have you purchased your Broad Street Hockey jersey yet? <laughs> That's right. There are Broad Street Hockey jerseys available on the Broad Street Hockey store at this time. Oh, wow. How about that? They're pretty cool. They're beautiful. Uh, what number would you are you going to pick for yours? Oh, 69, dudes. Are you, are you really picking 69? If I had to pick one, I'd, I no, I'm not really picking 69 because I'm not All Bill right, and Ted. No. Yeah, but uh, yeah. 420, obviously. No, it's nice, <laughs> obviously. No, uh, I tend to, if I, the very few times, I guess when I'm like doing a custom jersey for myself in like a sports game, if you do like a creative player, uh, I've tended to go with 15. And I think that's just because my birthday falls on the Fuck. 15th. I was going to do 15. Well, sucks to suck. I said it first. No, fuck. God damn. I was going to do it for Yuri Latera. Yurald? Yeah. Yurald does not Maybe deserve I'll... your 15. I think he does. It's a also, legend right there, Steve. The, the I th- 15 y- I always think of. When I think of a Flyers number 15, I think of uh, either Fat Balloon, Pat Falloon himself, or yeah. uh, good old friend of the show, Mike Maniluk. Oh, Mike Maniluk is where it's at, number 15 in your hearts. If I can't do that, maybe I'll do 22 for the, the Dutch Gretzky. Is it uh, Dutch Gretzky? See, I think a Trent Del Vies. Uh Or I'll do 25 for one of my all-time favorite flyers, though his tenure was short-lived, Ryan White. Ryan White. Yeah. See, hey, think about, I, think about I this. I hear 25. I think of Keith Primo. Think about this. 25. Ryan White. Ryan Paling. Ryan Quigley. Look wow. at all the Ryans in 25. Oh, wow. How about that? <laughs> yeah. So Ryan White. He's one Ryan of my favorite White. flyers of all time. I that's, loved Ryan that's White. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Ryan I White's loved him. One of your favorite flyers of all time. Don't ask me why I loved him so much. I thought he was so fun. Like he scored some goals. He scored like 10 goals one year for the Flyers. And then he just beat the shit out of everybody. I enjoyed Ryan White. I don't think he cracks the top 100 for me. <laughs> No, he shouldn't, but I'm not rational. So you're not uh, rational and you're like a newborn baby when it comes to your Flyers fandom. Yeah, I've only been watching. You're not uh, you're not a new Italian. Joe's a newborn baby. You are. You're like you're in like grade school, maybe middle school with your Flyers fandom. Middle school. Yeah. I'd say like seventh or eighth grade. Yeah. You're uh yeah, you're you're in middle school. All right, you're just learning how to curse. You might be sneaking a cigarette out back, you know, one of those things. So oh, that's, yeah. that's where you're at, living dangerously. But uh yeah, I haven't purchased my Pro Street hockey jersey yet. I got I'm waiting for uh I'm waiting for the flight jersey to come out and then we're we'll be cooking with gas. Oh, that'll be awesome. Can't wait. I know I talked with Kelly about getting some new flight merch up on the BSH store. It does not look like that happened yet, so I'm going to follow up with her. But Flightpaniacs, I'm telling you there will be some flight merch up on the BSH store where you can buy uh, many things with our friend the rat on them. So we'll uh, we'll make it happen soon. Please give us your money. God, please. We're, I mean, we literally, we have been eating ramen our noodles. own toenails. We've been eating our own toenails for the last. That's like honestly, even joke wise, that's year. too disgusting for me to think about. It's that's what we're eating. That's, that's so nasty. Like I, I'm actually, I don't get skeeved out easily, but that's actually skeeving me out. 
unfortunate that you have to do that every day, Steve, because it's, uh, we're so I, poor. I, I'm actually gagging thinking about that. It's awful. No. Guess you got to make some money then for some groceries, eh? Good Lord. Please, I'd say feed me, but I, I probably don't need to eat any more than I already do. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, when you were talking about jerseys, I thought you were going to talk in t- talk about the Flyers jerseys that will be making their debut this weekend in North Jersey when oh, the Philadelphia yeah. Flyers play an outdoor game against the New Jersey Devils in MetLife Stadium. Is it called MetLife? A known soccer stadium, MetLife Stadium, yes. Oh my god, that's going to be a nasty-ass World Cup on that turf. It's going to be bad. The Link games are going to be immaculate. Well, so, so they're getting, they're making them put down grass for that. It's going to be But bad. I wonder how that, I still don't think that's enough. It's going like, to be like last year's Super Bowl. Yeah, it's going to be weird. Yeah. Well, you know, they should just play all the games at the Link because they play soccer games at the Link all the time, and they go great. Great field. It really is. The World Cup games here are going to be insane. And if you'd like to sleep at my house for any of those games, uh, you can do it for the low price of $200. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. I'd love that. Anybody wants to sleep here? $200. Sleep on the couch. There you go. Uh, Hey, you get to hang out with Bruce. I think that's a deal. Bruce was a pleasure when I slept at your He's a good boy. He's a good boy. He is. Don't talk too loud. He'll barge in. Oh, my God. I actually put... I put a stepladder against the door to keep the good boy from barging in like the Kool-Aid man, the Kool-Aid dog. He's, uh, yeah, he's got, he, he's got to let you know he's there. Uh, so, he, but, um, he definitely lets you know that that 60 pound dog, he lets you know, but yeah, stadium ser- series game coming up. It's actually a pretty big one as far as the playoff push goes, because right now the flyers are, they're third of the Metro. The Devils are fourth. So the Flyers have 64 points in 54 games played. The Devils have 56 points in 51 games played. So that is those three games differential are actually pretty big. And the Flyers haven't played the Devils much this year. So have they played them at all? Yes, I believe two times. Two times. Okay. So it's a big game. Uh, you know, this is a big one. And if the Flyers can get away with a regulation W, I mean, that's going to put some space between them and the Devils. And the Devils are a damn good team. Uh, they've struggled a lot. But if you have Jack Hughes, you're a damn good team. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, they definitely yeah. have to watch out. And I, I, I saw a thing earlier where the somebody had the Devils playoff odds being much better than the Flyers. So, you know, it's still an uphill battle. People still don't believe in the Flyers. And this is a great chance on a primetime national stage for the Flyers to really show us what they got. And I'm just sad that they're going to have to do it in the jerseys that they'll be wearing on Saturday night. Not the best jerseys. I've seen worse. I've seen worse. They're definitely, you know, I think in the off season we'll have to do a full ranking, but yeah, I think they're better than the anniversary jerseys. The anniversary jerseys still with the gold, were just terrible. Oh well, those are one of the, those are the worst jerseys in Flyers history. Those are no. worse than the three D logo. No, the three D logo is worse, and I own a three D logo. I disagree. Three D logo is hideous. I it was it, yes, you're right, but I, I think the gold have, is even worse. I have so many nitpicks with the three D logo, including the logo. But well, let's we'll do a full ranking in the off season. But yeah, these are. This continues the trend that's really been pissing me off with the current jerseys of 
not giving an outline or a second layer or whatever the proper phrasing is to the numbers. And the, yeah. it just looks incomplete. Yeah, it looks very like beer league-ish. Yeah. Um, luckily on the Flyers' current uniforms, it's only on the numbers. So it's or like the, the sleeves. Yeah. So like that's all right. But like, it, it looks like some honestly, fanatics the, bullshit. At this point, I'm kind of used to it though. Like, it it still bugs me. me. It's it, it still bugs me. I still think it's incomplete. Like I just don't like it. But you know, I'm also a nitpicker and I'm old. So I, I'm you know I'm cranky. I'm a cranky old man. But uh, yeah, I I don't I don't love these. I hope they don't wear these very much. And yeah, I I, I just I they just look incomplete. They look weird, and I I just feel like I you know like with their current jerseys, I feel like they're they're a B B plus where if they had done a little bit more, they'd be a lot better. These are just okay. I put these more in like a C range, maybe even like a C minus. There's just, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, how do you feel? So the weirdest thing on this one is the nameplate stretching to the shoulders. Yes. How do you feel? That's, about that? that's weird. I think that's weird. Like, I like that they're trying something different design wise. At least that's like an ambitious change, but, uh, is it like, I don't know if I like it. I guess I'm going to have to see it on the players in action, but you know, I'm not a fan so far. I'm not a fan. Uh, they need to change up. I hope they just wear it this season and never again and bring back the reverse retros. I thought the reverse retros were cool and that would be a great alternate. Bring back the stadium series or the, uh, the winter classic. Ones. God, the friggin' yeah. With the yoke and the tie down and or not the tie down, the, uh, so the lacing. Good, dude. Yeah. It's great. Those were the best ones. Like they looked like the flyers. Those, those looked like uniforms that the flyers wore in the seventies. They're, even though they're, they're cool. Not. No, they're super cool, man. Like I, I, that's definitely one of the best modern flyers jerseys for sure. Yeah. Uh, it was again, so good. these, I mean, they're at least not the worst of the bunch. Like I think the flyers had, Sadly, the second best of the group uh, of the stadium series jerseys, the Islanders ones are awful. It literally yeah, just says Isles good. and it looks like a, a ripoff of like the Flyers uh, black jerseys, which I don't think are great to start with. I actually don't hate the. Um, oh, God, the uh, Rangers ones. Um, It's fine. It feels like I've seen it before. I, I really don't like the giant NYR, but that's just a personal aesthetic choice. Steve, I just noticed something here. Uh, so this is not on top. This is not on topic at all. Completely different topic. I mean, was, was just, I was just scrolling through my fantasy team to check how the, how they were doing. Andre Kopitar was minus six tonight. Oh wow, that's for a former Selkie winner. That's pretty it's insane. Bad. They lost seven to nothing to the Sabers. Yikes! And then Jeff Skinner, who Skinner. again his team won seven to nothing. He got me zero points. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, that's good stuff, right? Well, there. excuse me, zero point four points. So. All right, back on topic. Uh, yeah, uh, I bring think we've back said these, enough, but yeah, bring back the stadium series or the uh, winter. Classic. Bring back the 2012 winter classic jerseys. Yeah, those are those are good ones. So I, that, good. That should be the alternate. I already know the future, though. I know that the Flyers this offseason are going to roll out a version of the 
2000 era black jerseys as their alternate. Uh, yes. Like, I, I, it's just going to be a variation of their, their home and away kits. And uh, you know what? It'll be just fine. And for everybody but Charlie. Charlie will, you know, say, it sucks. And <laughs> <laughs> if there's one thing that cracks me up about Charlie, it's his hate of the 2000 era Flyers black jerseys, which I think are nice. But Charlie despises them. I agree with him in like no, the a black jersey should never be the Flyers primary uniform. Yeah, I agree with that. Orange always, should be the primary. It's a nice. But alternate, I think though. I think it's a great alternate. Yeah. I think it's a, like I, he, I really like the that era black jerseys because like they have a really good balance with the black, orange and white. Could maybe use a touch more orange, but like I like them a hmm. lot. I think it's a great look, but uh, that I'm, I'm sure they're going to bring that back because I am so tired of the stadium series black jersey with the unreadable numbers and letters. Oh, they're awful. Those are like, easily my least favorite ones. Honestly, if they had white numbers, that wouldn't be that bad. But like, you can't read them. Like, if you've ever seen a game at the stadium where they where where they wear those, you're just like, what? I can't tell who's who except for you know, Ristolainen's the really big guy, and like, it's yeah, it's not good. It, those are some of my least favorites in the entire NHL. I think they're awful. It so. stinks. It's time to move on from those and yeah. uh, on to something better. But yeah, we'll see how these look on the ice. But a big game for the Flyers coming up. And uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. If you're going out, have a great time over at the old Stadium Series jersey. And uh, be sure to tell Devils fans that they suck and to enjoy the swamps of Jersey. Devils! Ugh. Ugh. Don't like the Devils. They're one of my least favorite teams in sports. Scott Stevens, war criminal, Marty Brodor sister-in-law lover let's uh let's take it to him boys let's kick some devil ass and uh the last thing i forgot to bring this up with the super bowl portion but uh i i knew the chiefs were gonna win as soon as i saw like two days beforehand an episode of uh, a good old triple d with none other than andy reed with kai fietti uh where he was andy showing... reed was on triple d he was you know showing guy oh, fietti man. A a butcher shop slash sandwich joint that he loves with uh, some fat ass sandwich that had like three different preparations of pig on it. Oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. I was like, oh, it's done. You know, as soon as uh, as soon as you're going to Flavortown, like there's just no way that you're going to lose this game. No, not at all. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, that's a very appropriate show for Andy Reid to be appearing on. Oh, yeah, there, it definitely is. No doubt about it. It makes too much sense. And uh, finally, I saw some chatter out there from uh, apparently, I, I don't know. Somebody on the Discord said that they all saw this on the PHLY server, but apparently somebody at the um, at the season ticket holder town hall heard that a captain might be named soon for your Philadelphia hockey flyers. So find soon. I, I don't fucking know. I, I I'm hearing this news secondhand. I don't know what soon means. I don't believe that. You don't believe that. I mean, I would think it would be next season, but uh, you know, I mean, maybe they'll be. wait until Hey, if Scott Lawton gets traded, then uh, there's less speculation about who it could be because really it's just come down at this point to Couturier or Lawton. And if Lawton's not going to be her long-term, there's no point in him being captain. He's no Jason Smith. I can't believe you don't think Risto is going to be the captain. 
It, I think it's it's got to be Risto. Come on. I don't know who else it would be. Nick Delorier. Watch well, be Morgan Frost. <laughs> Could you imagine that? I can't That'd imagine. Be great. That'd be really funny. Bill M is the coach of the team now. No, <laughs> no, uh, it would be very funny if it was Morgan Frost. He finally won over Torts, and he is the the leader of this boat. I think that would be awesome. I'd love to see that. Um, but yes, no, you're right. Uh, Sean Couturier, more than likely. He would Sean Couturier, or uh, maybe they sign TK to that monster deal, and then uh, that would, you know, that would be fun if Travis can. Because like, listen, he's been playing. Like, especially in that, uh, um, that Winnipeg Jets game, like, it's a, I don't know. He's a guy he just, who bought into the Tortorella system in a way that none of us thought he would. You know, we, yeah. we all thought him and Tortorella were going to butt heads. They were not going to, they were not going to get along. And it's been a real lethal weapon situation where Tortorella is too old for this shit. And the crazy young guy has won his respect. And here we are. Yeah. No, you're right. So I don't know. I don't know how that'll go, but uh, will be interesting if it comes along. Yeah. I mean, uh, we've been waiting to see who would wear the C again. And not that it's the biggest deal, but, you know, it's a, a long, proud tradition of Flyers captains and would love to see who is uh, next up on that list. And listen, if it is, you know, either Couturier or Konechny, those are guys that have been here a good long time and... They've certainly won our respect. I mean, Couturier, God, he's been here since he was 19 friggin' years old, you know? I like, know. It's crazy. He had teeth when he started. No, I don't think he ever had teeth. But Couturier, <laughs> man, like, he, we've watched this guy grow up. It's crazy. So yeah. it would be cool to, to see him get the C if he did get the C. Uh, because, I mean, we've been with this guy since day one, and we've watched him evolve as a player in such a delightful way where – you know, I'll never forget being at that Coyotes game and hearing that guy sneer, Couturier, what does he even do? To seeing him win a Selkie and become one of the, you know, one of, like have some outstanding offensive years. So, uh, you know, whoever ends up being, uh, I'm excited to find out. And I think it's been interesting that Tortorella has uh, held off this long while forming the team into what he wants them to be. Yeah, no, he wants to see what he's got here before naming a captain, which I get. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who it's going to be, but, um, yeah, maybe it is coming along soon. I have no idea. Gritty. I have not. If you can't tell, I've given zero thought into the captaincy. So. Gritty is going to name the captain, actually. He should. Yeah. That would be great. Gritty's actually going to do it through Duck Duck Goose on the bench. Uh, I mean, I think he should just rip off all of his clothes with the face of the new captain under his like covering up his, his private parts that <laughs> I, I don't know if there are any private parts, maybe on the belly button, that horrifying belly yeah, button. Maybe that's but, what that is. Yeah. I, I just like the duck duck goose because it's a very inscientific method and you have the squeaker in his hand the whole time. Squeak, squeak. <laughs> that would be funny. Make it happen, Flyers. Make it happen. But, all right. That's it. That's it. That's all there is. We are going to get going. Thank you so much for listening, folks. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.x.musk.ihateithere. But uh, Twitter, uh, Blue Sky recently opened up, but you can find me at Flyperbole or Estebaum 
on those platforms. You can find me at FlyPurply on Instagram, on TikTok. And guess what? If you are a $10 tier subscriber to Broad Street Hockey, you can also join us in the Discord. And we've been hanging out there on game nights and, and just hanging out and, uh, you know, giving out some Flyers commentary throughout the game. So uh, that's a great way to reach us if uh, you subscribe to Broad Street Hockey at one of those tiers. So, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Come hang out with us over there. But, yeah, still Twitter, X, Instagram, TikTok, all that fun stuff. Quiggs, where can people find you on the socials? Find me at Ryan Quiggs with a Z. Thanks. Oh, wow. How about that? All right. Broad Street Hockey, all that great stuff. I am out of gas. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Pay Hassan well, Raddick. <laughs> please. Temple's own. Wow. 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 And thanks again to the good people over at Bet Online for sponsoring this show. Be sure to use promo code BLEAV to get a 50% welcome bonus.